Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Suzanne Harris, and on this podcast, we talk about the author's books, we talk about themselves, we talk about their ideas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and I also like to talk to authors about beginnings. I really can't wait to introduce you to my guest today. His name is Dr. Tom Williams, and he's here to talk about his autobiographical book, Shot in the Mouth and Still Preaching. Now, let me just tell you a little bit about Dr. Tom Williams, Ph.D., Tom has been in the ministry for 40 years. He served as a youth director, and he's pastored both the Prairie View Baptist Church in Illinois and the Liberty Baptist Church in Canton, Ohio. He taught at Massillon Baptist College. He volunteered for the draft at 17 years of age in 1967 during the Vietnam War. After graduating from high school, he immediately entered boot camp. He served as an infantryman and who carried the radio and walked point, the most dangerous position that he could be put in. Tom sustained a gunshot wound on his mouth, which changed the course of his entire life. His remarkable story, which he shares in his book, has influenced a great many people, and Tom gives all the credit to God. Tom, I can't tell you what a pleasure it is to welcome you to Books on Air and to welcome you as my guest. First of all, I must thank you so much for your service in Vietnam. It's really an honor and a privilege to be able to talk to you today. Oh, thank you for for that, and and, and it's it's my honor, and and yeah, you're welcome. To have someone say that, you know, it's always kind of a neat thing to to hear, and and so yeah, you're welcome. It was my pleasure to serve in our country. You know, as I started to read this book, I, I've told you this before we started to record, you transported me right back to the 60s. And I do mm. always like to talk about the beginnings of things. The dedication is to a very special person in your life. Tell me a little bit about the dedication for the book. Well, uh, Terry Nealon was was is one of my better, best friends, and, and and he's he lives in Michigan. I live in Ohio, and and uh, he's he knows my story. We've known each other for twenty years, and he's know he knows my stories. I we talked all the time, and and, uh, and and he just constantly wanted me to write a book, and I and I and I did not want to write a book. I just didn't want to even think about it, and he would just constantly hound me all the time. Right, you got to write a book. You got to write this book, and you, you get you got so much to tell. And I said I just don't want to do that, and and so. The last time I talked to him, we was on the phone, and we, and, and, and we was just talking about, uh, about you know, he, again, he brought up the book, and I said, I, I don't want to write that. And he said, you need to write this. You really do. It, it will help somebody. And so I, I told him I would. I, I said, okay, I would. And I said, oh, how do I start? He said, well, let's start with a title. And so we thought about this, and we could come up with a title, you know, and I had, you know, shot in the mouth and still preaching. And so we come up with a title, and, and he said, I said, now what I got? Now what do I do? He said, what do we got to get? You got their attention with, you, with, the, with the photograph of you on the book, and then you have to now you have to get their attention when they, when they open the book. And so my, my first chapter was one of my first mission when I was in Vietnam, and and how, how what that did. And so I said okay, and so I I, I said I'll, I'll 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 do that. And then um, it was it was about 
a month and a half later, he, he passed away. He got COVID and got complications and he passed away. It was like, he's only like 59 years old. And it was just, it was a shock. I mean, I'm thinking, man. So I felt, I felt really obligated to write the book now. And in fact, I joked about it. I said, if I don't write the book now, I don't know if you can come back down from heaven and haunt somebody, <laughs> but I think he would do that. If I didn't write this book, I was scared he'd somehow do that. And so I thought, I, I, I got to write it now. So uh, I just started it. I started handwriting it, you know, and uh, in, in each chapter, and, and, and that's, that's how it all started. You, in the book, he has a nickname. How did he get the nickname Shrek? Because he looks like Shrek. <laughs> 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 he's not he's not green, but he looks like Shrek. He's a weightlifter and he's a big guy. He's, he's like a box. He's a great big. He's won a lot of weightlifting championships and all that. And he's a huge. He's a teddy bear, but he's a huge guy, and and he, he kind of has that Shrek type of thing. He, he kind of roams around, you know, and and he got that someone gave that to him, and, and he he loved it. He loved it, and then he would come down and he had a mission. He had a. a um, uh, a ministry that we, we he would come down to our church and we would go into the schools and he would you know he would bring football players and things like that they would break bats and all that and and then invite invite everybody back to church and they would get a you know, like a gospel message based message then and they would still do all kinds of stuff at the church and and uh, things like that and break bricks and all that you know and so he was into that he just he just looked the part he was, he was a huge guy he was a huge guy. That's amazing. As I read that, I thought, I've got to ask that question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah he's definitely, he, he definitely looks the part. He definitely does. So, <laughs> You know, as you were talking, something sort of flittered through my brain. I talked to a lot of different authors, and people do write books for a lot of different reasons. Some people start writing books when they're, they're kids. They read somebody like an Alice in Wonderland book or a book, a little women kind of book, and there's something about the writing that the author does that influences the person. Sometimes somebody has written something and a, a professor or a teacher will comment or say something very positive about the writing. But one thing that often happens is exactly what's happened to you. And two things went through my head as I was thinking about this. When there's some kind of seminal event in a person's life, either a positive seminal event or a negative seminal event, there's something about that event that will cause the person to want to write the book. I think it's really interesting that Terry really wanted you to tell your story. I know that a lot of veterans cannot do that. They cannot tell the story about the war because it affects them in such a negative way. Has this helped you with that kind of situation? Was it cathartic for you to write the book? Well, that's an interesting question, but in a sense, no. I guess maybe it did a little bit, but but I've always been very open. I don't know why, but I've always been very open about my uh, about my service in about Vietnam. Uh, I just, I don't know if it was my strange sense of humor. I don't know what got me through it, but I've never had any problems afterwards uh, or anything like that. Uh, my dad was in uh, World War II. He was in Pearl Harbor. He's never talked about it. And he, never, he took it to the grave with him. He never, and I was just the opposite. Uh, I talked about it all the time. And I think because of that, I've always been very open and, I, and it's, it's always helped me. Because uh, I, I look 
you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a very positive person, and, and, and I, 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 I look at even, yeah, there's some obviously tragic things that happened to me in Vietnam, but I, I look at that and say, you know, it's really was, it really was, a, it, it's helped me a lot in my life, my experience in Vietnam, and uh, it, it matured me and, and made appreciated more of, 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 you know, where I live, and, and so I've always been very open about it. So it's it, now it, it did bring some things up, but I, I would write a chapter. And I and I read the chapter to my wife and see what she thought about it and 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 there's some times that I actually thought I would I would you know I would cry through it uh, because of some, it brought some things up and, and and I forgot about it or whatever but but I think that's just a natural thing and uh, but other than that I've I've always been very open about it and and, uh, and 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 I know because of that I've helped other people uh, uh, because of that you know uh, in, in you know there's been that's had really problems with it you know I, I've helped them just because of my attitude about it so I think that's that, that so yeah I, I couldn't agree more I think that if someone served in Vietnam or if they have a relative or if they knew someone that served in Vietnam reading this book I think would be a really positive thing for that veteran. And I think that yes. your experience and the way that you've handled it, I think is also a model for the way that you can mm. handle something like this. And I, I know that one of the counseling techniques that counselors will often recommend to people who are, who are struggling is to journal. And let's face it, mm. writing mm. a book, especially a book like this, it's very personal it happened to you, and mm-hmm. you're sitting there, and you're writing down exactly what happened. It's like journaling. Do you agree? Mm. Yes, I totally agree. You know, and something you said that kind of stirred my mind too is, is, and I know it, it, it's going to be a simplistic uh, statement here, and I know it is, it's a very difficult statement, but it, it is a very true statement. No matter what what has happened to you in life, whether it's Vietnam experience, whether it's you've been in a car a car wreck, your house is burned down, you lost a loved one, whatever tragic thing has happened to you, you still can get through that. And happiness is a choice. You have to choose to get through that. You know, you have to choose to have peace through that. You have to choose to have joy. You know, because if you don't, it will dominate your life if you don't do that. And and that's. That's it's such a huge thing for me, you know, and that was that, that is really, you know, there's a couple of reasons for writing the book, but that was one of the reasons is, is that the people know that, you know, I mean, you, you don't have to stay where you're at. I mean, you know, I mean, you, you know, I'm, I haven't been in Vietnam in, in, for 50 years and uh, emotionally I've not been in Vietnam in 50 years because I went through that. I went through it and, and now I'm, I go on with my life. And, and I know that it's simplistic. I know some people, I know some veterans that that. that still struggle with it yeah. i understand that I, but and i'm not and stuff that i'm not sympathetic to because i am and not belittling what they're going through but there's got to come a time when you have i mean you know let go you i mean i know that sounds so easy and the psychiatrist will say well you know yeah you know years of talking and all that i understand that but there has to come a time even through that that's it that is it you know and uh that, i think it has, needs to be done I think your point is well taken. You're exactly right. And something like this, you know, maybe they sit down and journal and write their own book about their own experience, Mm. and maybe that helps them get through it. But the thing that's tickling in the back of my mind is I want to talk about your calling. I want to talk about religion. Were you called Mm. to preach or service before Vietnam? Was that something that happened in Vietnam? Tell me a little bit about your religious 
aspect. I, I've my 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 in, in our home. Uh, we had a great home. Uh, uh, my mom and dad were uh, parents that you know took care of us and all that. But we never ever ever went to church. We even did. We didn't even go to church for Christmas or Easter or anything. So I had no clue. I had no concept of the Bible, religion. Uh, I knew there was a God, and that was it. And so when I got hit, when I got hit in Vietnam, when I was in the hospital, you know, obviously everybody gets religious then, and I did too. You know, I thought, I said, oh, God, don't let me die. And, and of course, I'm, I'm bargaining with God. I won't do this. I won't do this if you let me live, you know, and, and all that. And, and, and uh, uh, so I had no I had no clue of, of you know, anything about that. And uh, But when I got out of service and, and I married my wife, which I was engaged to then, and we've been married 54 years, and, and so— but we, I, I, uh, um, we just went through our lives, and, and my, my wife was a Christian at that time, and and, and it, it was there was a time there when she she wanted to get our kids two and three years old in the church, and and so they went to church, they come back, and my one girl started singing about Jesus loves me, as I know for the Bible tells me so, and something hit me, I, I don't know what it was, I mean, I've been searching for something, didn't know what it was, but just something hit me. Here's here's this. Three-year-old blonde hair, my daughter Janice, which I named after Janice Joplin, my, <laughs> my rocket star idol. You know the name, same spelling and everything. She's thinking about Jesus. Jesus loves me. Yes, I know. For the Bible tells me so. Something hit me, and they went. They went. She went up back upstairs, and I got on my knees, and I had no clue what I was doing. I just said, "Gosh, what's going on here?" And so at that time, I, you know, I, I, Sandy, my wife, we've been married nine years. She's been trying to trick me to go to church. You know, for nine years, I would never go. I told her I want to go to church, and so she said, "Whoa, what's going on here?" And and so I went to church, and and, and for the first time, someone opened the Bible to me, and uh, explained how to get to heaven by confessing your sins to God, accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, believe He died and rose the third day. I prayed that. Still didn't have anything. Did not nothing. Nothing hit me. I didn't cry. I didn't laugh or nothing. I said, "Okay," but I something hit me. I went home and and and. My heart. I just started thinking about this and thinking differently, and I started going to church. And we moved back up to because uh, we moved away, and then we moved back up to our hometown, Canton, Ohio. And I was going to church there, and all of a sudden, I went down the aisle, and, and God, God spoke to my heart, not in my audible voice, but holy heart said, "Tom, there's going to be change in your life." And 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 I didn't know what that was. Talked to my pastor, and he said, "Maybe God's calling you into the ministry." I'm thinking, "No, no, no, no," because I had a great job. I said, I, "He's got the wrong Tom Williams. I do not want to do this." And uh, but it was but it took about a year, and I finally surrendered to it and started going. I mean, I'm going to Bible college, and and, and I, that, that's that, the rest is history. Yeah. Wow, amazing! I mean, it, that's it, an amazing story, and I think yeah, that um, that too is important. Don't you agree? Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. I mean, I I truly believe that my praying grandmother and other praying Christian relatives and friends that I did have were praying for me because, you know, obviously once they found out, you know, he, he, he go, he, Tom got shot in the, you know, and, you know, he's in the hospital. So I, I think that got me through all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, um, I would have done anything. <clears throat> if I was sitting in my hosp- in the hospital room as an 18-year-old uh, a boy getting shot and knowing at this time, now, okay, I've lost about 50% of my jaw, I've lost about nine teeth. You know, and all of a sudden, here comes this chaplain saying, "How you doing?" I said, "Hey, how do I get to heaven? What do I got to do? I'll bark at a tree. I'll, 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 anything, I'll speak, anything. I'll, I'll do anything. I'll do anything. What do I got to do?" And I would have, you know, because 
because I thought I almost died here. I'm thinking, wow, this is crazy. And so, and he didn't say much. He just kind of went on. And, and uh, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, that was the closest to, to religious as I got when I was there, you know. And uh, but and God saved me through that for that moment that I had to make that decision. Okay, now here it is, Tom. What do you want to do with me? Do you want to accept me or do you want to reject me? It's up to you now. Not, not knowing all that at that moment, but I, but as I look back, that that's what was that was. It was a very crossroad of my life, and it was a beautiful thing because it just it changed me, it changed our marriage, it changed everything. It changed, I mean, it just it put me into some place, you know, away from what I thought I was going to do for the rest of my life with a job, and, and here I am. You know, I, I'm I'm in the ministry now teaching and preaching to people and helping and doing funerals and weddings and, and, and counseling. And, and it was just, it was, it was crazy. I mean, and I loved every moment of it. I still do it. I mean, I'm retired, but, but I still do all that. I'm still doing weddings and funerals and I'm still teaching at our church and all that, you know, but it's, yeah, it, it's just, it's I, my life. I look back and I realize that I realized, you know, everybody's got a, everyone has their own life and their own story, you know, but I, Terry kept on telling me, but man, you, he used to tell me your your story is not. I mean, it's just it's just you've got to get that out. And 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 I, as I was writing it, I seen that. I I did see that. I seen the purpose of the book as I was writing it and writing it first. I'm I'm thinking, wow. And sometimes I'm I'm serious. Sometimes I'm going, this is me. I'm writing about me. I went through this. What? And I would I would actually do that. I would actually say that. And I'm thinking, man, that. This is a crazy life. I mean, you know, so, yeah. You know, authors, I've heard authors who've written about things that have happened to them like that. And that's something that often happens, is that you're sitting there and all of a sudden, you know, you're writing things. There's something that changes uh, for us as human beings when we sit down. And I love it that you said you were writing it by hand, because there's something about us that as human beings, if you write something by hand, it's the I don't know if it's the connection between the brain, the hand, the pen and the actual writing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, something happens. And so often they will have some kind of realization or, um, Mm -hmm. you know, something new all of a sudden will come to them about what happened to them that they hadn't thought about before, simply because they're looking at it in a different way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's been it's been so in my life. Obviously, obviously, all my life, and, and and but when someone would come up to me saying, "Man, I, I heard you were shot in the mouth," and, and I would say, "Yeah," you know, I, I would casually say, "Yeah, yeah," but in their eyes, maybe if they're hearing it for the first time, they're going, "What?" And I'm going, "Well, yeah," you know, it's almost like it's a casual thing, but it, it, because I've, I've just lived it, you know, and but in there, and so that's why that was, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta get this book out to somebody that it might not be a Vietnam experience; it might be something else they're going through in their life that is, is, this is going to, it's going to be as a help to them, you know? Right. So. Could be a cataclysm, a wreck or a, a cataclysmic sure. disease or anything, something that's a life changing experience for them. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. There are many things out there like that. Yeah. Now we've got to talk about the incident. I mean, when, when I first started reading the book and you start talking about, you know, you're 17 years old, they put you yeah. on a, on a transport, ship you go to vietnam you're not expecting yeah all of a sudden you get out and they say you are going to carry the radio and you're going to be the point guy you were yeah. i mean when i read that i thought 
that must have been a terrifying experience. What happened? How did this, how did the incident, the shot in the mouth happen? You've got to tell us. Maybe okay. not too much. Well, here, we want them to buy the book, so don't give, don't give them too much. Well, here's the thing. It's amazing when you're in the moment. And and because and, I, I was trained as a tank driver at Fort Knox, Kentucky, so I'm you know I'm going to Vietnam looking for my tank. You know I mean I, you know give me the keys to my tank and I'll drive it around. Uh, but but this out company that was wiped out, they needed replacements. So they lined us up, and there was cooks and clerks and tank drivers, and and said you are now your MOS has now changed your infantry. And I said oh, wow you know okay. And so and all of a sudden and and they and they looked. And this guy looked, uh, Sergeant was looking up and down the line and all that. And it was like maybe 20 or 30 of us. And, and he, for some reason, he looked at me, which I mean, I weighed 130 pounds. I mean, I got to be the smallest guy. You know, might be a few guys smaller, but he says, and you, you, Williams, you're going to carry the radio. And I had no clue what that meant. I didn't know if it was a transistor radio. I didn't know if it was, <laughs> I didn't have no idea. And then all of a sudden, when I found out what it was, a 45-pound radio on my, strapped on my back. And I'm going to be walking around with that. I'm thinking, what? And, and then all of a sudden, then, then once we get out in the field, so we needed somebody to walk points. Williams, you got the radio. You and so-and-so, you're going to walk point, which means guinea pigs. You're going to walk out 100 yards and so in front of everybody else, you know, shake up the ambush and all that. And so, which is one of the most dangerous jobs there is because you got that antenna waving and saying, hit me first, hit me first. You cut the communications off. And so we was, it, was, it, was, it was in February. And, and, and we were chasing these guys during Tet Offensive, and uh, we were chasing these guys, and, and we lost them, and we didn't realize we was into a horseshoe trap, and, and we just rested. And, and I rest, I always rest my radio against the tree on my backside to get it off my shoulders, and, and I just heard the, uh, uh, the zing-zing, like some, you know, you know fire, fire uh, uh, bullets going past me. And instead of just hitting the ground, I turned around from this tree and looked. And, and, which is a human instinct, which is not really a good thing to do, obviously. And I said, "What you know?" I looked at, I'm looking at, and all, one of the rounds hit the ground first and come at an angle, and it went through my cheek, on my jaw, and lodged into my uh, um, cheekbone. And it spun as it was spinning, spinning me around. They kept shooting at me and hit my radio, but it didn't penetrate because it's so thick. But it kept spinning me around. Before instead of on my backside, I rested against the tree. I'm, I'm now laying stomach, looking at the tree, and I'm thinking. Not knowing what just happened, never did pass out or anything, and then, but I didn't have no pain because I did go in a little bit of shock. So then after just staring at the tree and, and yelling, hearing everybody yell for medic, I, I figured someone's hit, not knowing it was me, and, and I kind of wiped my chin, and I, and I looked, and I said, oh, no, it, I seen the blood, and I said, I knew it was me. And so I started yelling, which was, you know, when you when I did that, and I, I'm always careful when I'm telling the story, who, you know, no one's eating or something like that, but because out of my mouth came bone and teeth and then yeah. I actually, actually spit the bullet out and I had the bullet in my hand. And, and so uh, my medic comes racing over to me and, and he's wrapping my head up and I'm thinking, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm a mess and didn't know what was going on. And I did, I, before the swelling took place, I was able to say one statement 
and I said, and I looked at him, and I said, I said, will I ever be able to kiss Sandy? Which is my my wife today. We was engaged. I said, will I be able to kiss Sandy again? He laughed at me. He said, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, well, you're lying to me. I know you're lying to me because I got to be a mess here. And uh, so, yeah. So it, it was it was probably a week or so before I actually had actually seen how I looked, which wasn't really that bad, you know, because all the damage was done inside. So that that's how that happened, you know. And and it, it was just. You know, they, they said you had a, you know, my medic said you got to have a million dollar wound because you're going to be able to get home and all that, which I never did. I went actually in the hospital a while, then I went, actually went back to my uh, my outfit again. But uh, yeah, so it, it is, it is, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. Was that when I think about it, you know, what happened and how close it, that the surgeon said a sixteenth of an inch anyway, that bullet would have went, you would have killed you. And, and so, I mean, to be able to have it lodged in my cheekbone like that with, instead of going straight up in my brain or whatever, I mean, so it, it, was, it was incredible. Now, this is the, the seminal incident in the book, but that's not all the book is about. The book is about recovery. The book is about your positive attitude. The book is about how you came through the incident and how it changed your life but not in maybe the negative ways that listeners might be thinking, right? Right, exactly. I mean, it, it did not. I mean, in fact, in fact, here I am laying in the hospital, and no, thinking that my that my parents knew that I was hit because I figured Red Cross told them and all that. So I'm I'm in the hospital. And I'm writing a story about what happened to me. And we have these like these red ants there, and I call them vampire ants because they 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 walk up your arm and they bite you in the neck. I mean, itty bitty little <laughs> things. And and so I wrote a story that these ants attacked me. One had a rifle, and it's, it's actually in the book. And in my letter, actually, my the, the, the letters in the, in the book, and and uh, that I wrote to my mom. And I said, they, they shot me in the mouth, and now here I'm laying in the hospital because of these. Yeah, I'm, so I'm joking about this whole thing, thinking they they knew. Well, the Red Cross got things messed up. They didn't know. <gasps> I was hit. And, they got the, and they got that letter. And they had no clue. And my dad said, oh, he did. my mom said, he's just joking. And my dad looked at the head, and I said, no, I said, that says Long Bend Hospital. I think this is real. I think he's messing with us and, and trying to make us feel good. But I think he actually got it. So they contacted the Red Cross and said, yeah, he, yes, he did. And so that's the first time they found out about it when they got my letter as I was joking about it. And so that 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 that's how I kind of took things. I take things that way. And, 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 and it, 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 I, I, yeah, anybody can go negative. Anybody can go positive. I, I, it's been my life anyway. I've been, I chose to, uh, it's not going to dictate to who I am. I mean, I'm not going to be a negative person and bitter or angry about this. And, uh, uh, so I, 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 I wasn't, I didn't, I never did get that way. I mean, you know, I, I just, I just went on with my life and, 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 and yeah, it was obviously surgeries and all that, but it, but it just that that's what I chose to do. It was very I, I chose to make it positive. I really did. That's one of the things I really love about the book, Tom, is that if mm-hmm. people look at the title, they may go, "Oh no!" They don't. They need to understand that this is not that kind of book. It's an uplifting, no. positive book. It's yes. a it's a real life, true to, true to life story. It really happened, and this is how someone who went through something that sounds so horrendous and came out on the other side and made choices. I think that's so important that you've emphasized you make a choice about how you handle these life experiences. Yes. Tom, thanks for sharing this story. I mean, I just can't imagine that anyone who's listening to us is not 
really saying, okay, okay, where can I find the book? So let's Mm. tell them where they can find it. The name of the book, I'll give you the name of the book. It's Shot in the Mouth and Still Preaching by Tom, T-O-M, Williams, W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S. You can go to Amazon, put that in the search feature, click on it, and the book will come right up, and you'll see a picture of Tom, his young self there, as he was in (laughs) Vietnam. Yeah, there he is. And in the upper right-hand corner, there's always a, a, it says, uh, click here. If you do that, the book will open, and you can read an excerpt. The dedication is there to Shrek, Terry, who really inspired writing the book. And then you get to read part of the first chapter. And there are some other photographs in there as well. Tom, Mm. can they find the book other places besides just on Amazon? Yeah, it's it's actually on Barnes & Noble. It's on their website. You can get it from there. And also uh, the publisher, which is Author House Publishing. If you just go to that, uh, it'll get right into their uh, homepage. And and then, you you, you know, it's pretty self-explanatory how you can get it from there. Now, you've also got a, a website, and our, our listeners would probably be interested in your website. Let's tell them where they can find it. Okay. Website is uh, www. And my name, Tom Williams, and uh, 1111.com. So that's uh, www.tomwilliams1111.com. And, and it'll just, that's just, it'll, it'll go, you go in there and it'll tell you, there's a homepage and t- explains a little bit about me and, and uh, about the book and, and how to buy the book, you know, and things like that. It's it, 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 it's kind of a neat website. Now, I think you're going to do something on Facebook, but you really haven't started doing that yet, have you? No, I haven't. About I'm going to. Is I'm going. I, I do want to get something on Facebook and and and, and get it get it going and, and you know constructed. You know what they, that is the term they use, and, and I am going to do that. But it's it's not it's not there yet. But I but I am definitely going to do that. So probably what you'll do when you get that Facebook author page put together is give some kind of reference on your website, so they'll be able to find you on Facebook. Make sense? Co- correct. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, I always think that it's really important for an author to have the last word about their work. And let's face it, your work is so powerful and so personal. You've got to have the last word about this story. When you were writing this story, were you thinking about who might read the story? Yes, I I, I really was. And and, and there's two different types of people that I was thinking about. First of all, I was thinking about uh, uh, like a, a, a someone that's going through something. I mean, a Vietnam veteran or, 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 or anything, you know, Desert Storm, Iraq, whatever, a soldier uh, that has been through stuff and, and, and they've seen things and, and that really no human should see, and which I have seen, and, uh, and, and hopefully – not not bragging on myself because it just hopefully they'll be able to read the book and 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 start kind of make especially if they're if, if it's if it's controlling their lives if they can start making some choices and saying you know what wait a minute you know i, I nobody controls my life but me and, and i hope they can see that and they can start making you know some positive choices and and and, and choose that happiness and that that joy which is it's, it's in all of us and that's that's what i'm shooting for them and then plus the fact there's another aspect of this is and also and that is uh, 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 there's someone out there that that 
just their, their own life, we're, we're, you know, their own destiny. You know, I, I don't want to get too involved with it, because, but, but, you know, their internal destiny, where are they going to go? And, 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 and having that peace and joy, knowing that because we all die, you know, young or old, it doesn't matter. But what happens after that? And so I, I put that transformation of me, not a Christian, into as I've become a Christian. I wanted them to see that and hear that. And once they once they see that, and I know that you know that sometimes frightens people, but it, but it's reality. It is just true reality. You know, to don't to have that peace and knowing that you know I can go to heaven. You know, and and, and so that I wanted them to hear that. I wanted them to see that. Uh, that transformation and how that took effect in my life. I mean, I, I'm nobody special. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not some kind of, uh, uh, you know, self-righteous Christian. Uh, I still struggle with things in my life, but but I do know because of my acceptance of Christ that I'm going to heaven. I want people to see that in that, and, and that was a major thing, transformation in my life, you know, and I took that from that and then, then, then using the Vietnam experience and all that, and, and I've just been, it's just been a blessing to see how God has used all that in my life to help other people, and that's, that, there's nothing better than that, there's nothing better to be able to help somebody, I mean, really help somebody, and you see that, that is, that's priceless, the reward for that is just priceless, and then that's, that, that, that's a, that's a blessing to me. Tom, I'm going to disagree with you, you are someone who is very special. And I think that you have shared with the world a story that is extremely important. I think that your bottom line messages are all so positive, and I think that you are inspirational and a role model for anyone who is going through anything in their life that feels defeating. If they read your book, see what happened to you, See what you did to get through this. See how that positive outlook and becoming a Christian, how important that became in your life. I don't mm. see how it couldn't help them figure out mm. the same way to go through this storm that they're going through. Mm. It's just been such an absolute pleasure to talk to you. You're, you're fascinating. You're inspirational. I mean, I could use all kinds of adjectives, and I'm not trying to flatter you. I just am so pleased that you and I got to talk and that we got to share your book with our listeners. So thank you so very much for being my guest today. You're welcome. You're welcome. I appreciate it. Now remember, you can find Tom's book, Shot in the Mouth and Still Preaching, by Tom Williams on Amazon and on the Author House website. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. I'm Suzanne Harris, and I hope you'll join me for our next Books on Air, because you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so very much for listening.